0: All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck, and if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanassi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanassi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Start ritual or add Essential for Women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for twenty-five percent off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life Podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. I don't consider myself an alcoholic, you don't have to either, and maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hi, guys. I'm so excited for this episode. I have Jyoti Chand on. So you probably know her on Instagram as Mama Jotes, And then she also created the Sober Desi on Instagram, too. It's a group of sober women. I am just so excited to have her on. She is hilarious. She's relatable. She really talks openly about the fact that she did consider herself having a drinking problem. And then her journey to sobriety is very interesting. And I love how she Really listen to herself. And then everything that she's accomplished in sobriety is insane. I if if this doesn't make you get curious about sobriety, I honestly don't know what will. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jyoti Chand. And if you need more sobriety support, head to our Facebook group, The Sober Mom Life. I will leave the link in the show notes. Thanks and enjoy. All right guys, we have one of my favorite sober moms on Instagram. You are at Mama Jotes. It's Jyoti Chand, and I am so excited you're here. I'm excited, too, and we don't live that far from each other. No, you're in the burbs of Chicago, too, right? Where are you? Yes. Yeah, I'm in Lamont. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in the North Shore, so we're we're so close. I think I first discovered you on the Sober Desi.
1: Yes, yes, for sure, Yeah.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit just about yourself and what you do, who you love, all of that good stuff, and then we'll dive into sobriety. So my name is Jyoti Chand, as you said, and
1: I am an influencer, content creator on Instagram, as well as an author. That's new for me, so that's really exciting. So exciting. I have a book coming out in 2024. (laughs) Publishing takes so long. (laughs) I have two kids, two beautiful kids. We live in this and and a very nice husband. He's there too. And we live in the suburbs of Chicago. And I'm honestly just trying to live
0: a fulfilling, balanced life and then share that. You do such a wonderful job of making that kind of the mom struggle very relatable and funny. Like you're, you're just so damn funny. You're one of my go-tos if I need to laugh. Like all of your your content is hilarious. Thank you. I appreciate
1: that. It's my background in stand-up comedy now being channeled into Instagram.
0: Wait, do you have a background in stand-up comedy? I do. I like how that's just slipped in on the side. You're like, yeah, I was also, isn't that like one of the hardest things you could do? It was, it was really
1: fun. I did it for two years in LA. I was like early 20s. And then I actually recently went back on stage at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. I had a set there and it's on YouTube and it was just like 10 years later. It was so interesting
0: to go back on stage now, but it was fun. I love it. I mean, I I, I can't think of anything more like vulnerable, like getting up in front of just however many people in front of with a microphone and, and you. Oh my God, that's terrifying. And it was a
1: sold out house that day. It was like I hadn't been on stage in 10 years and it was sold out. It was 350 people or something like that. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's go. We're ripping off the band aid, getting back on stage. So it was really nice. Is that something you're going to keep doing? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like I want to. Like, there's a part of me that's like yearning to do it. But I also realize like this may not be the season of life to do it just because, like, I do want to have another baby and I do want to, like, you
0: do. Okay. I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Three is I will say I feel like cause you have two and they were pretty close together, right? How old are they? Yeah. Uh, four and five. I mean, that's that's brutal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> <pretty> tough.
0: <laughs> that's tough. You're probably out of it now. You're out, out of that. But like on two under two has to be It was insane. Pretty intense. Yeah. So you lived through that. So intense. Irish twins. Oh, you lived through that. You could do anything. I would say, like, I think that the transition from, like, one to two is way harder than two to three. That's what I hear. And that third baby. Yeah, that third baby is magic. Ugh,
1: I keep, I'm the third baby in my parents' life. So, like, I know that it's magic. Because I was like, if you guys didn't have me... That's right. You would have just been stuck with
0: my brothers, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no good. Also, your parents make... A lot of appearances on Mama Jotes, which I absolutely love. They're like such they're like such great characters. <laughs> they are. They're real life characters. Like they don't need any characterization. They're perfect. You can tell. You could tell you're just catching like a moment in time. Do they live with you guys or they just live close? No, no, they actually don't live close at all. They live in Vegas and they visit for like
1: they'll visit for like a month at a time, which is really nice. So they're here usually in the summer. So then I'll like create a bunch of content with them and then share it throughout. So whenever they're here, we create together and they love it. My dad absolutely loves creating content with me. He feels like he comes here and he's like a little actor.
0: That's so funny. You're like, dad, you're famous. Does he know how famous he is on Instagram? He does. And he gets recognized. And on TikTok, right?
1: Does he really? (laughs) And on TikTok. And he gets he gets recognized when he goes to like the temple. Or, like, any, like, event, like a wedding, someone would be like, oh, my God, your mama Joe's dad. And they'll take pictures with him. And he gets so excited. He's like, somebody came and took a picture with me. They recognized me. And- that
0: is the cutest thing ever. I love that. Oh, such a special, like. Yeah, he's living his best life. Yeah, such a special bond to have with your parents. My my mom, I, maybe I'll get her on. It's it, She's not really about it, but we'll see. I'll try to talk her into it. Okay, so. Let's get into. I guess before we get into sobriety, we have to talk about alcohol and your drinking story, and kind of, kind of. Let's let's dive into that first before we we hit on sobriety. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol
1: and I had a very fun relationship for a lot of years. I actually had my first drink when I was fourteen. I was really young. I it was like a smirnoff, right? But it was there was so much. There was so much represented by that one drink. It was like, it was cool, right? It was giving me the ability to like fit in at this party that I wasn't supposed to be at. And there was just so much with that. And the whole aspect of it being like cool to drink alcohol, right? And that's kind of where it kept going with it. It it just helped me fit in. I felt like a very awkward thing that's so... When you get older, you learn that everybody feels this way. Like 99% of people, no matter how cool someone looks... Everyone feels like an awkward out of place person in those teenage years, and so anything that can make you feel like you fit in or belong is going to make you do it like it no doesn't matter how much dare classes you take
0: yeah no dare didn't understand dare didn't understand the yeah the pressure pretty much after that, like i didn't drink.
1: A lot but then once I hit like senior year and I was like 16 I had a boyfriend who was in college it was like done like I had a fake ID I was like so in high school in high school alcohol was invited to everything after that in my life like it was like was I drinking all the time in college yes after college probably not but if we were doing anything alcohol was coming Right. Like, so it was like, oh, we're going on a, we're going to Disneyland. Oh, well, let's like sneak in alcohol. Like, oh, we're going to the movies. Well, let's sneak in some drinks. And it was always like that. It was like this, it had to be there for us to have fun. When I say us, I mean, me and my friends and like my relationships and stuff like that. And then, then motherhood came along. Right. And now, and now alcohol became the bonding agent between me and my mom friends.
0: Yeah. It was kind of like back in high school, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm in this new world. I need to make new friends. Well, alcohol's the way. Alcohol the way. And they, it was. It was the way because it
1: wasn't always the kids. The kids are babies. They weren't doing anything. They were just like laying there. Useless. But I guess if we want to go into when it became or when it became apparently problematic, Right. When it became like, why are we like this? Or why am I like this? Right. Why, you know, I started questioning a lot of stuff around the time when I gave birth to my son, Krish. There was a lot of guilt associated with the first thing of me wanting to do after I gave birth was have a drink. Okay. And is he your oldest? He was your first baby. He's my first baby. I was 28 years old. I didn't get to drink for nine months. I didn't touch alcohol in my pregnancy. I didn't do the whole like, oh, it's okay to have a glass of wine. You know, I didn't do it. Even though the doctor was like, it's fine. You can have a glass of
0: wine in your third trimester. And I was like, no, I'm not going to risk it because I wouldn't even eat like, I wouldn't even eat deli meat. Yeah. With the first, you're like, no soft serve ice cream. You don't know about that machine. Like, you're just very intense. Yeah, yeah. No unpasteurized juices. (laughs) Like, God forbid. That's also why the third is so much better, I'll tell you. Like, you're just so, you know the forgiving nature of motherhood where you're just like, fuck it. Like, I can have, you know, I can have a turkey sandwich. I'm going to have sushi. Leave me alone. It's a reputable place.
1: Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. So pretty much my first thought, my first thought after having a baby, right? Like I had this baby. I love him. I was like, Oh, I can have a glass of wine now. I don't know something about that. just sat wrong with me. And even though I didn't jump into any form of sobriety or anything back then, the thought was there. It was planted. Yeah. It's kind of my alcohol journey so far.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so that, that thought was planted, but then you kind of as a mom, especially as a new mom, you, you try to make friends with moms and you need a mom village. Like you need a new village overnight. You need a new village that you did not have when you were pregnant. So, which is, I think such a crazy thing. And so how did you find that? Like, did you find your mom village pretty easily? And then they were drinking? Yeah. So mommy wine culture, I was sold on it. I was like, heck
1: yeah. I had like wine tasting. Let's go wine tasting with the kids. Let's take alcohol to the park. Oh my gosh, we're going to the zoo. Did you guys bring any beer? Did you guys, you know, little bottles of wine? And it was the normal thing to do as a mother for me in my life. So, I mean, we didn't even like question it, having a play day. Oh, who's, who's bringing the mimosas, right? So that's just how it was. It was always like a party in a way. There was this one moment and Tons of my friends still drink alcohol responsibly, but I will say that when I drink alcohol, I don't think that was very responsible about it. I didn't have like this off button that a lot of people tend to have. Like my husband can have like half a beer and be like, "I don't know," you know, and whereas I'd be like, "You are gonna leave that beer there," and then I would like finish it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, "Don't waste alcohol." Gosh. So there was this party we had at our house, and all of our friends were over, and it was like October. I remember it so clearly. It was like October of 20, like 19. That's what it was. It was somewhere around there. Anyway, all our friends are over no, no, it was May, May of 2019. I remember clearly because Karina was almost one and she had just learned how to climb up the stairs. And so we're all drinking. This is like a rager where people are spending the night. Like everyone's getting a little bit tipsy. I've drank a lot and I went upstairs and I left the baby gate open. And then I went and lied down because I was, I was a little drunk. So I lied down and then all I hear is like Karina just like pop, 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 pop and then crying. And so she had followed me and then fell down the stairs and she was fine. I'll tell you that she was fine. She fell down three stairs. I was not fine. I was like, I was crying the next morning. I was full of guilt, anxiety for that. To the point where I stopped drinking alcohol. I was like, I'm never drinking again. I did this like whole, like I'm never drinking again. And I didn't touch alcohol for one month. Right. And I thought I was going to stop drinking. And then I realized that I didn't know how to stop drinking. I didn't prepare myself well to stop. I just like stopped. Right. And then we went into a social, social situation and boom, I was like, I could have one.
0: Totally. Like all that, all that decision to stop dissolved with. Because it dissolved. The guilt was still there for that one event,
1: but it didn't hinder me from going right back to something that like literally my kid fell down the stairs on my watch. You know what I mean? Like, but the the, the craziest part to me was that after the kid fell down the stairs, everyone was like, it's okay. It happens to everyone. Right. And they were like, no, my God, like everyone's been
0: there. Like we've all been so drunk that like. Which is probably true, right? That's probably true. But yeah. It was justified. Right, right. They were helping
1: to validate that. Validate that it was okay that I was too tipsy to watch the child that I gave birth to. Yeah. And then that was when more like
0: big bells went off in my head and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Okay. Yeah. So then when at that party after the month, so you were sober for a month and then you, you drank at that party. How did that go? Were you trying to moderate then? I was. So I went through like a moderation
1: phase where I was like trying to like, okay, I'm not drinking on the weekdays. I'm only going to drink on the weekends. There was a lot of conversation about alcohol. It was like, a mental energy that I didn't realize that I needed to get rid of. This mental energy, right? Like this mental load. It's almost like people who have too many clothes in their closet and then they have to think about what they have to wear all the time, right? Like probably guilty. Wait, I feel attacked. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. You you do do fashion. (laughs) Fashion. Fashion. What was your, it's a lifestyle and fashion over 40 and sober mom. That's your thing. Oh
0: yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, it is like so much brain power. Yeah, so much brain power into alcohol.
1: So much brain power
0: into alcohol. Thinking about like, okay,
1: well, you can't drink these days. Well, if you drink today, then you can't. It's just all this planning, planning around breastfeeding when you're breastfeeding and trying to drink and using these test strips and, you know, pumping and dumping. And I have a lot that if I have one regret in my motherhood journey, it's drinking while I was breastfeeding because like, why? Why? Like, why did I have to do that? Like, why risk it? Right. And so that was like, that's something that like I did like really feel bad about in my sobriety journey was like that, you know, so moderation ended up not working for me because pandemic hit and I was like, I could drink every day on Zoom with my friends.
0: Right. Okay. So 2020 rolls around. You're still, you're kind of trying to moderate, but you're still drinking because mo- you can't, moder- like, the idea of moderating something that is very addictive is just crazy. But we don't know it's addictive. Like, we know, but we don't. And I'm not saying it's crazy that you tried to. It's, it's crazy that even, even on the commercials, it's like, please enjoy responsibly. It's like, y- y- that's a trick. That's a trick. Would you say that about cocaine? Like, try to enjoy cocaine responsibly. Would you try to moderate cocaine? I mean, it's the same damn thing. So, of course, that was a failure because that it's, you, you can't do it. You really can't, especially in, like, stress. Like, your stress. Pandemic was so
1: stressful that my drinking just accelerated. I went from drinking wine at night to having a cocktail. I went to having two cocktails. I had to have a nightcap. I don't even want to drink tonight, but I already opened that bottle, so I'm going to finish it. And... It became this, like, it, I was finding myself on a daily basis, and it had nothing to do with motherhood and everything to do with alcohol. Because I was like tired at the end of the day, but I was having wine, and then I was tired the next day because I didn't sleep well because wine doesn't sit well with me. And I always get these reactions when I drink alcohol, and I learned recently that I have. MCAS, which is mass cell activation syndrome, and it's triggered by alcohol. And I didn't know that. I was like, why do I get all sneezy and allergy-like? And you know, and I just kept doing it anyway. I was literally hurting my body and feeling it, yet I didn't stop. And so, yeah.
0: Which I mean, that's understandable because like I I think in the pandemic, especially, like moms had zero escape. Like, we couldn't fucking leave our houses. Our kids were with us constantly. They didn't go to school. We had to teach them. Our village was gone overnight. We had nothing. And so you were taught that wine and alcohol could help you escape, could help you cope, could help you maybe sleep, you know, could help us do all of these things. So, like, I mean, you definitely aren't the only one who was tricked. Yeah, it really did
1: feel like a trick. And I didn't know that until... So Christmas of 2020,
0: no one in my family really drinks. That's the other thing. My husband doesn't drink. Okay, because I was going to ask you that. that. That's always the biggest question I get is about my husband. So I want to start asking guests about their, you know, with, without like telling your husband's story, like, did it affect your relationship? So we'll get to that. But that's so interesting. And so it was pretty much just you, just you drinking. He barely drinks. Like he, like
1: I said, has like nurses half a beer and then he's fine. So I, uh, and my, my parents don't drink. My mom will have a glass of wine here and there. Um, my dad's never touched alcohol. So if he's visiting and my in-laws don't drink alcohol. And so it's just, it's nobody but me. So we're at Christmas of 2020 and who drinks an entire bottle of champagne? I do. And I, it was like a holiday. So I was like, it's a holiday. Let's have mimosas. By let's, I meant me and my husband had half of one. And I think he just did it as like a sympathy drink because he was like, she's drinking. So let me have a drink with her. But he never like made it a thing. You know what I mean? And so, and then I'm passed out on the couch by like 2 p.m. for a nap. Like the day drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety for days, right? And then one friend, that's all it took you guys. And this is why I started the Sober See, One influencer posted on January 1st that she was doing dry January. And I was like and it just was like I need to do this. And then she didn't just post that, she posted a resource and she posted the book Quit Like a Woman. So I bought it. Okay? And I started listening to it on January 2nd. On January 3rd, I became sober and I haven't had alcohol since then. Wow. I just got chills.
0: I love I I love the stories. Like I love that story of just like you kind of When you're done, you know. Like there's some sort of thing that you just know. And I I love, first of all, that book is amazing.
1: So good. It's such a good book. And it's just so eye-opening about the whole industry. Like you're getting into this, it's not just like a personal level, but this like world level of like, okay, the alcohol industry, mimicking the cigarette industry, being around forever doesn't
0: mean that it's okay. Like right. And the idea of the patriarchy and like how that that's actually like That's really fucked up. It is. And alcohol is targeted towards women and mostly mothers. And the crazy thing is because their original target audience keeps dying from like liver disease and alcoholism. Old white men keep dying. So they needed a new audience. And who better than moms? We will generally buy the groceries like we're home alone. We're lonely. We're tired. We need help. Like, it's such a trick and it pisses me off so much. (laughs) It does. It's so annoying. But, you know, the whole
1: act of somebody just sharing that one thing. And then I know this is like, you know, a lot of the why, probably why you share is like, even though a ton of people are going to be, you know, hate that you're sharing about sobriety because, it you know, they might internalize it in some way. There's going to be that one person that you help. Like, there's going to be one person that's like, I needed to hear this today today was the day. Today's my day. I'm done. And I think I've helped like hundreds of people do that at this point. And I'm sure you have too.
0: And it it, it just, it feels, it gives you purpose. It really does. I, I love this idea. So you created the Sober Desi for. I love that it's probably what you needed when you were kind of Wondering and searching and trying to moderate, it's probably what you needed to see. And so now you created it. And I just love that. Yeah. It was like three months into my sobriety. I didn't say a word to anybody
1: that I was sober. Like I just wanted to do it first. And I rarely ever do that. Usually I like shout it from the rooftops, like I'm not even pregnant yet. And I'm like, I'm going to be pregnant. So I didn't even say a word. And then I told my audience I was three months sober. And I started the Sober Desi because I was like, look, I don't see enough representation in the South Asian space of sobriety. And I know there's a lot of us and I want to find us and I want to create a community where we can encourage each other because we're struggling And either whether you're an addict, whether you've never drank in your life, whether you just can't tolerate it or you have a health issue, like, We need to make it okay to be like, no, I'm not drinking. Please don't ask me why. Like that's the whole thing of like, oh my God, you're not drinking. Are you pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. Like I just don't want to drink.
0: Yeah. What's your go-to saying? Because that's another thing I get asked for, for those who are newly sober one month in a couple weeks in like going to a party. And that's so scary to think about all eyes are going to be on you. And like, what are you going to say? You know?
1: Yeah. I think if you're ready to say, I'm not drinking right now. I think that's a great spot. Like, I'm not drinking today. If you don't want to get into it, like, I don't feel like it. And then the other cop-out for me is, like, if I'm not comfortable with the group, but not anymore. Now I'm just, like, I'm sober. But, like, if I'm not comfortable with the group in the beginning phase, I would just pretend. Yeah. It was just
0: so terrible. But, like, just get, like, a drink, put a lemon in a small straw and, like, pretend. I think that's fine. I think it's whatever you're comfortable with, whatever your boundary is for yourself. Like, that's what just honor that. And then it really is true that like anyone who continually like asks questions or kind of badgers you, that says so much more about their relationship with alcohol. And it's true because I was that person. And I can admit
1: that when I was, when I was drinking, if you weren't drinking with me, I was like, come on, like have a drink with me. At, take a shot. Do the, like, that was me. I was the badgerer. And you know why? Because I struggled with my own relationship with alcohol and I didn't want to recognize it. So I wanted you to do it too.
0: Yeah. So then it wouldn't be highlighted.
1: I wouldn't be the only one. And so, you know, now I fully, I can understand people who internalize my sobriety and who want to unfollow and who want to be like, ugh, whatever. I get that. I was there. I unfollowed a bunch of people who promoted sobriety. I followed them when I thought I wanted to do it. And then I unfollowed them because I was like, they're dumb. Right, right. And it makes me feel bad. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad about myself because I do like to take wine to the park.
0: I think what's so interesting too in hearing your story because a lot of times, you know, then then people unfollow or we get that pushback. But it's so interesting to hear that even when you were doing that, you still kind of deep down inside were questioning your drinking. So you knew even like, oh, this doesn't feel good. The anxiety, all of that shit that comes with drinking and drinking too much. Like y- you still feel that. Yeah. And I don't think I realized that not drinking was an
1: option, which is so crazy to say out loud, but like, I didn't realize that sobriety was even an option because I wasn't in my eyes at that time. I wasn't an alcoholic in terms of media, right? And I think the way alcoholism is described to us to the majority is while well, you fucked up your life, you don't have a job, you've lost everything, you're homeless, like, but that's not it. There's a spectrum to alcoholism and addiction. And I had an addiction to a substance. And I had a problem with that substance and I had a drinking problem. And I can say that because I don't think I could say that the first month or even the first six months, but it took me some time to be like, all right, like being sober made me realize that I had a drinking problem. I didn't realize that I could just stop without it being
0: like a full blown on the spectrum. Totally. Like, like before waiting until, right. It might, it might just be until, right. Because it's an addictive substance. Like the, the goal is to get you hooked. The goal is to get to drink more. It would have ruined my life. So I want to talk about the aftermath though. Do it. Tell me.
1: Okay. What, sobriety has given me that like, it, it's been insane. Okay. So let's start with January. I stopped drinking alcohol and I started working on my first book because I all of a sudden could wake up at 530 in the morning to write. So I started waking up early to write. In three months, I landed an agent. And in those three months, I also started growing my audience on Instagram. And so in six months, I got an offer for my book at HarperCollins, so six months post-sobriety.
0: That's incredible. If I had the, that, like, applause sound, I would insert it here. Maybe, maybe we will. Hold for applause. That's incredible.
1: It, it's sober productivity. Like, all of a sudden, I could wake up. I could... Get stuff done. I was focused. I wasn't, my anxiety got better. Totally. Yes. I was like, wait, I thought that wine was easing my anxiety, but it was actually worsening my anxiety this entire time. You know, it just, everything, I went to bed on time. I was sleeping better. I think just overall, my creativity was just off the, like, just blown away. Like, I was like so creative. My brain, like, unlocked. I thought drinking and substances were supposed to make you more creative. Like, those, like, cool artist type, but no. Thompson or something. Yeah. 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 No, no, not at all. Like my writing got so much better. And then I also hit a hundred thousand followers in that span of time because I was just producing content like a mad woman. So I will say my life has changed greatly from the time the day I got sober until now. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I think that the reason that I am successful at what I'm doing and at my creative arts and, you know, signed with an agency for influencer stuff too. And like, it's because I have the focus to do it and
0: I'm I'm not inviting alcohol to every aspect of my life. And that brain power that you used that used to be taken up by alcohol, even when you weren't drinking, right? So when you were either getting ready to drink, deciding if you should drink, if you shouldn't, all of that then was freed up too. I can't wait to drink. Oh, am I going to have a drink tonight? Oh, wait, who's going to drive if I'm drinking? And, I mean, how many am I going to have? And who's driving? Should I Uber? Yes. All that pressure and that gymnastics. Yeah. And talk about anxiety. I mean, that's, psh, that is so much anxiety. And then the guilt, right? When you say,
1: oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. And you end up hungover the next day. The amount of guilt, oh, I knew I shouldn't have drank. Today. I have so much to do today. Now I'm going to get nothing done. And it's just a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And once you break it, once you step out of the
0: cycle and you're like, I'm done, like your life will change. It's so will, And you're such a testament to that. I think that's so inspiring. I remember when you announced your book deal and I was like, I sent you a message. I was like, that's insane. Cause that's my dream. That's on on my list of goals. And to see you do that is in. It's just amazing. It's so inspiring. So and you're going to do it too. Ah, oh, thank you. Not a novel though. That's that's like an extra. <laughs> What's the novel about? It's a
1: young adult graphic novel and it's called It's Fitting Indian is the name of it and she's a south 16-year-old South Asian girl just trying to fit in and growing up in like a very traditional Indian household and she's struggling with her mental health as well as abusing alcohol to some extent. She kind of battles that mental health within herself as well as her society.
0: Wow. Throughout the novel. So. That's incredible. I love that title. Thank you. Fitting Indian. So how did, speaking of the South Asian culture and being Indian, how does that play into your sobriety? Do you think? There's really like a, a good span of people on both sides in South Asian culture,
1: which is what I've learned is like, there's the people who have never drank for whatever reason, whether it's religious or I know that, you know, a lot of people who are Islamic don't drink. There's people who are Jain who don't drink and Hindus who don't drink and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people who never drank. Then there's people, and then there's, I'm Punjabi and in our, Punjabi is like a Northern part of India. Like we drink, like we're known to be like the, the kind of like the party people, right? And so then there's that generation that just drink a lot and there's just alcohol everywhere. And I was probably on that side for a long time of the drink a lot side. And now I'm trying to find like this, you know, I'm not the never drinker, but this middle ground of like the people who used to drink that kind of just like figured it out that they shouldn't. And I think that people are more understanding than I thought they would be about it. Like uh, maybe they've matured or thought so. That, so I haven't had many issues culturally. You know, with people being like, oh my God, like, I've heard, I've had people say, like, but you didn't really have a problem, did you? And then I, I like, actually had this question happen at a party I had last week. And he's like, but it's not like you had a, you sound like you had like an addiction or anything. And I was like, well, I did.
0: And I had to like answer it, like, I did. And they're like, kind of like, and they're, inside they're saying, wait, does does that mean I do? And
1: then I explained my addiction and I was like, well, I was drinking all the time. Like I never, you know, I I was drinking at parties. I didn't feel like I could say no to alcohol. And like I was drinking when I didn't really want to drink and it was making me feel bad and messing with my mental health. And, and so, yeah, I did have a problem. And, and then it kind of leaves people stunned and they're just like looking at their drink. Right. They're like, wait a second. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't do that to in any way judge anyone who drinks alcohol. This is my story. Like I have, I felt this way. If you feel that way, explore it. Right. Right. Like if you're sitting there going, oh, I do that and there's nothing wrong with it. Cool. Explore it. Yeah. Get curious. Yeah. Get curious. Like, is there something wrong? If it's not, if it's not affecting your life and you're perfectly happy and everything's going your way and there's nothing you would change. Awesome. Right. But if you ask yourself that question and you're like,
0: what if I didn't drink? What if I slept better? Yeah.
1: Explore it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, And especially if you struggle with anxiety, depression, any sort of mental health, issue, which I feel like, don't we all? My mom's a therapist. And I was like, mom, have you ever met anyone who doesn't struggle with either anxiety or depression? She's like, no, they don't exist. It's like, of course, like that's life. Yeah. Especially after a pandemic. And so your husband still drinks a little bit? Not anymore. No. Oh, okay. So now my husband is the
1: guy who shows up at his poker night with the Heineken Zero. That's amazing. And so did he stopped after you stopped? Yeah. And I think that he's he would say that I'm, he's not fully sober. He would be like, I'm not sober. He's like, so if someone offered him, like, oh, t- try this really good like a whiskey, he'll take a sip maybe or like you know, if they're like, oh, this brew is really good. He'll like have a couple sips there. But again, like it's once every six months. And it's so funny because he, um, one of my friends visited and brought this like really good, like bourbon or something. Right. He was like, oh, just try it. Try a little bit with me. And my husband tried it. And the next day he texted me. He's like, I feel hungover.
0: And I was like, you were one. He's like, it's not sitting well. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Like, yeah, when you take something out, like even just a little bit, you're like, oh, right, that's ethanol. That makes me feel like shit.
1: Yeah, so he doesn't drink at all with me. Like, we went to Nashville and we went to the bars and we both got non-alcoholic lemonades with salted rims and, you know, things like that. So he's not like, oh, I'll just get a beer. You know, no, like he, he's pretty... uh he knows that it doesn't make him feel good.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's incredible. I that's, that's generally, like I said, one of the most asked questions is like, because I think wives and moms are afraid about how things that we do for ourselves are gonna affect other people, right? And so it's like even just little decisions about, okay, if I choose to go to the gym today, am I saying, is that me saying no to my kids? And I'm always like, no, go to the gym. So it yeah, it makes sense that moms and wives are afraid how our sobriety or us choosing not to drink is going to affect our relationship and our husbands who if our husbands drink so my biggest advice is just to do what's best for you yeah just try it you might influence
1: your like say if you have a husband who maybe drinks as much as you do and you maybe he doesn't think it's problematic and you you cut down you might influence him to cut down you never know like me working out influences my husband to work out or You don't, you know, it's like, it's worth trying, right? You're not doing anything wrong for yourself. Even though everybody in the beginning, I felt like, was like, oh, why are you not drinking? Like, and it's
0: like, oh, why is it the one drug where everyone's like, why are you not doing this drug? No, seriously. I don't do cocaine and no one's like, hold up. You're not going to do cocaine today. You're not going to do a line with us. Yeah. What? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you, are you pregnant? (laughs) Are you, you must, you must be, you're not smoking cigarettes. You must be pregnant. Are you (laughs) breastfeeding? That's so crazy. You must be pregnant. (laughs) So. And then how has sobriety changed motherhood for you? Oh my God, it's amazing. It's amazing to be
1: present with my kids and not feel like I'm going to like explode with anxiety, not feel like, oh my God, when can I have my glass of wine? Like you guys are crazy. I feel like a present parent. I feel like I've taught them how to really like roll in their emotions because I've learned how to do that now. Like you guys, it was hard, okay, to not have the the wine. Like there's many times where I sat there and go, oh my God, I just want to freaking drink. Like I'm so done. I'm so done. I just want to have a drink. And I've had to talk myself out of it. I've had to feel my feelings. I've had to take sugar, have a sugar craving instead. And you re- you definitely eat a lot more sugar in the beginning of sobriety because your body just needs a drug, to be fully honest. And
0: sugar seems to be like the, safest one. Well, the thing about the sugar is I get, I get pushed back on, on my Instagram on sugar and caffeine and some people will be like, oh, you don't drink, but you, you, you know, share all this coffee or sugar. And I'm like, yeah, I've literally never drank too much coffee and blacked out and forgot what I did or sugar. Like I've never blacked out from sugar. So fuck off.
1: Yeah. And I I do now try to moderate my sugar, but in the beginning, in the beginning, I did not, do not try to do two things at once. If it's alcohol, just alcohol, have some sugar. Like, it's fine. Have a bowl of cereal at 11 p.m., but it's better than a drink, I promise you. Sugar is a drug. Yes, it is. But (laughs) we still give our kids sugar. (laughs) What is it? A psychotropic? I don't know what it is. Would you give your kids a cup of
0: vodka? No, but you'd give them a cookie, so I think it's okay. (sighs) But... I don't even remember what the question was. I just went out of sugar. Oh, motherhood, sobriety and motherhood. How has it changed? Oh, I'm, it's so much better. And it's just, there's just so much more. My kids
1: like know that I don't drink alcohol. Like they're like, mommy doesn't drink alcohol. And it's it's not, we never make it a bad thing. We're not like alcohol is bad. I don't want them to leave to college and be like afraid. We just say some people drink, some people don't. It doesn't sit well with mama and papa. So we don't really drink alcohol.
0: Yeah, that's a great way. I mean, it's super age appropriate. Like w- when they have more questions, they'll ask as they get older. But I think that that's a good, that's a good place to start for sure. And I do want to teach them about addiction to some extent. I do want them to understand that
1: addiction, there are addic- different types of addictions that run in our genetics and that I don't want to just be like a brush under the table. Like, oh, don't talk about it. It's bad. Like I want them to understand like, hey, you know what, mommy, I should have a little bit of a drinking problem when they're old enough, when they're like 14, 13, I want them to know, you know, when I was your age, I had my first drink and it turned into a very, very terrible thing over time. You know, when they're older than that, I want to tell them I had a lot of alcohol induced trauma that may have not happened if I wasn't drunk. Yes. You know, and so. Just those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that D.A.R.E. missed too, because like growing up, I, I'm a Gen Xer. Or you're a little bit younger, but you probably remember D.A.R.E. And and the thing about D.A.R.E. was it was just like, no, like it's all bad. That was the same thing as the just say no thing. Like it's all bad. And But they didn't tell us that it was going to make us feel good. You know what I mean? They didn't tell us like, well, when I first had my drink, I was like, oh, my God, this is how I want to feel all the time. Like they missed that part, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So like, that's a, that's an important thing to be like, it's, it feels good for a little bit until it feels really bad.
1: Yeah. And I think, they, yeah, they miss that. It, it, it's so funny because I have a video, I have like a real idea list. And one of the ones I recently made is, um, it's when you see your dare counselor drunk at the club 10 years later.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <It's> so hilarious. Ah, it's so true. So, <laughs> true. So true. That's so funny. You have to make that. Yeah. No, I did. I made it. I just got to post it. You know how there's like a content log. Yeah, you batched it. Okay, just a few more questions. So what's the biggest tool in your sobriety toolbox? Like what's your go-to thing to help you, to help center yourself in your sobriety and... Tea. Ooh, yeah. Yes. I love that because it's tangible. You know what I mean? It's this nightcap thing, right?
1: This whole concept of like, I like to like get a book. And before it used to be a book and one, a book and a drink. Now it's tea. And it, it's just physically there. I don't always finish it. But like, I have like a, an herbal tea, you know, next to me when I'm reading my book. Or a non-alcoholic drink option. The whole industry of non-alcoholic spirits is growing like crazy. So crazy. Yeah. I love it.
0: What's your favorite? That's, an, that's another. What's your favorite? Like mocktail or NA? Oh my God. You know. So it depends. In summer, I'm a big fan of just like the jalapeno
1: lemonade from Trader Joe's with the salted rim. Ooh, I don't. Okay. I'm putting that on the list. It's not much, but it's so good. But if we're talking about
0: actual like mocktails, I love Curious Elixirs. I think they're so good. Okay, good. See, I'm I'm such a I'm so boring. I'm just always like, I don't know, just water and a lime. No, 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 no. no. I'm so fancy. I'm so fancy.
1: <laughs> I, I love like Aplos, their CBD, like. Oh, okay. You know, there's all these, so there's all these drinks now that have like adaptogens in them. Instead of alcohol, they're doing like ashwagandha and like CBD and without the THC. And now there actually are drinks that have the THC, which I have not tried. I will be honest. I'm going to pass on the edible aspect, but the CBD ones that don't have THC, um, they're really good. And like, they do have this like, effect of like a calming effect to them, um, kind of just like a CBD gummy would. Um, And then even the adaptogen ones that like people are making now with the ashwagandha, it is like
0: a very like vibe. I mean, I'm here for the vibe. I love it. I need to branch out. I need to, I need to branch out for my sparkling water. I mean, I do, I do some kombucha, but I need, I need some, I don't know. I don't know what an adaptogen is, but I feel like I need it. Yeah. It's
1: just like natural herbs and stuff that make you feel like, like L-theanine and stuff like that. Like these like little herbs that help you feel like more like melatonin, right? Helps you sleep, right? So like, think about like natural supplements that would like make you feel like
0: chill. Ashwagandha is one of those. Okay, good. Okay. I'm putting it on the list. I have like a long growing list now. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share about to anyone who's like first starting out in their sobriety? Like, do you have any more words of wisdom? You've already shared a whole lot, but I would say that if anybody is starting or thinking of starting
1: in their sobriety is to, I know you hear this all the time, but take it one day at a time. One one step forward, keep walking forward. And yes, you'll have cravings. And yes, it will be hard, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it and you can do it. And don't compare your problem drinking to anyone else's. Everyone's problem drinking is so unique to themselves. What someone can handle, someone else cannot. And so, you know, take it easy. Be kind, eat sugar.
0: Yeah, yeah. (gasps) I mean- can can we put that on like a pillow or a mug or a sweatshirt? Take it easy. Be kind. Eat sugar. Don't drink. <laughs> Don't drink. We eat sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Joti Chan, thank you so much. This was amazing. You can so where can everybody find you? Instagram, Mama Jotes, TikTok, Mama Jotes good she's blowing up oh no I'm just hanging I'm coasting that's what I'm calling I'm coasting right now hey if you coast on Instagram that's pretty much growing because Instagram sucks we all have a love hate relationship with Instagram because of the
1: algorithm so like some yeah right now we're in coast so as long as you're coasting you're good yes that's right well thank you so much I love this convo
0: thank you thank you
1: yeah me too thanks for having me And we'll have to get together soon and have mocktails. Yes,
0: you could teach me your mocktail ways. Yes, for sure. I could teach you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee.
2: Bye. Why are we doing an ad again?
0: So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast.
2: Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host.
0: Okay. Do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you.
2: What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free. Wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yeah, we might not break the political and pop culture news of the week
2: but we put it right back together for you. That's right.
0: Listen, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.